you are listening to Takedowns to Breakdowns. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. Yeah? Um, Talk to me, baby. Talk and to I me. actually want to start by saying this in a positive way. Um, I've gained weight. Now, typically, I'm very depressed by saying that. And I have a feeling it's muscle. Um, right. I, like, as you know, I've been doing a three-day-a-week workout regimen at my parents' house. Hell yeah. I've been doing a lot of goblet squats, a lot of uh, kettlebell swings, a lot of curls with dumbbells. Nice. Um, what's that Russian thing? You're sitting on the ground, twisting your body. Russian twist? Uh, right. Yes, Russian, Russian twist with the kettlebell. I upped the weight to 35 pounds. I went from 25 to 35 on all my workouts uh, with the kettlebell. Very nice. Um, cardio all the time. I do a mile on the treadmill. Um, and I feel good. And like I said, I went and weighed myself. I gained five pounds. But I didn't feel bad, like physically, mentally. Like I feel good. So I'm taking that as it's got to be muscle, but at the same time, that's not what I'm trying to work towards either, like building muscle. I'm trying to lose weight, um, and I get that some sort of weightlifting helps with burning fat. So but wouldn't I guess you it's like repl- a mental thing. But wouldn't you rather replace the fat with muscle? Like That's the point, because if you get rid of it, what do you have? You have nothing. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's just kind of sucks mentally just watching that number go up again even if it is in a good way um but yeah like i mean sticking with my diet you know like like once twice a week eating whatever like today i just had chicken with uh sauteed onions um and uh breaded chicken excuse me breaded chicken with sauteed onions um but i mean Sticking with liquid dieting, I actually incorporated kale into my diet again. So I'm either taking in kale in some sort of like bare bones, basic ass soup, literally like chicken stock with kale, or I'll do a kale salad. I've done scrambled eggs with kale and rice. Oh, there you go. Incorporating in a bunch of different ways. I've even pureed it in my shakes as far as the liquid diet goes That's nice. just to get some sort of vegetable back in. Cause oh, I realize yeah. I've been taking in a hell of a lot of protein right? and just no greens whatsoever. Um, oh, you need greens, man. You need, you need color. Yeah. You gotta have color in that shit. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I incorporated kale again and I feel good. I feel good overall. Good, man. Well, that's a, that's a good feeling. So that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Um, I found out, because I've been eating so much spinach, I had a uh, little health consultation with my uh, health insurance company, and they told me to be careful about spinach because they said if you overdo spinach, it can actually start extracting calcium from your bones. what happened to my mom. And bones instead of getting calcium into your bones. So they were saying you yep. need to limit your spinach and try to... Replace it with different greens like kale, like uh, Swiss chard, like uh, just anything but spinach. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, with my mom, it was it was she was starting to go down that path as well, and her potassium levels were like extremely high. Yeah, so she had to like cut it out for like a good solid week before taking it in again. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So I, I I've swapped over to uh uh. So because I've been working from home, I don't have the same routine because I'm not, I'm not literally running around and walking around like I'm used to. So mm-hmm. I used to have two 32-ounce shakes a day on top of a lunch, on top of a dinner. So like I, I was eating a lot, and those were not small shakes. I, I, my, one of the 32-ounce shakes was my protein shake, which had two types of uh, plant-based protein powder, maca powder, cacao powder, uh, peanut butter, uh, oat milk, and bananas. Mm. And then the other one would be like carrots, like mainly baby carrots, spinach or kale, chia seeds, and pineapple um, chunks. So those were huge shakes, just just from a liquid standpoint. 
that's 64 yeah. ounces of liquid alone on top of the fact that it's like pureed and blended shit um so i'm trying to get back into the smoothie stuff and it's crazy how much one smoothie fills me up now because i'm trying to get the major i'm trying to just add more veggies so costco has a really cool um shelled hemp hearts they're called hmm. so i've been basically using hemp seeds which have like 10 grams of protein they're full of like good omega fats and all this other shit so i've been having yeah. these crazy shakes of like everything i just listed on top of like hemp seeds and putting walnuts in it like i'm trying to get more like whole food nutrients into my diet and it's crazy how full i get because i'm just standing in around in my in my townhouse i'm not running around and walking around like i'm used to so yeah. my burn is completely off and because i don't go to the gym the same way because i'm working out at home i don't my body is just so out of rhythm compared to what i'm used to as a routine so i'm i'm struggling to find a easy standard routine of eating and exercise again so it's that's really that's really hard it's really hard yeah i mean you're also trying to bulk up as well so yeah that, that's a lot to take in you know a couple shakes plus meals on top of that so you're you're pretty much eating what four times then i have four or five so, times a day for example for breakfast today i had uh, sauteed spinach, kale, and Swiss chard with uh, one apple maple uh, chicken sausage. No, turkey sausage. Mm. Oh, like one of those little breakfast ones that I diced up. I sauteed yeah. those things with white rice, about like almost a cup worth of cooked rice. I, I would Yeah, about a cup of cooked rice. I sauteed all that together, and then I cooked three eggs on top of that. And that was my breakfast. And then I had a cup of black coffee. And then the next thing I had was like three and a half hours later or three hours later, I had one of those giant protein smoothie things I just described. Banana, peanut mm -hmm. butter, uh, hemp seeds, maca powder, cacao powder, uh, plant-based um, protein powder, oat milk, all that shit. And then I had a small serving of veggie stew that I made, which had like maybe three pieces of potato in it on top of black eyed peas uh uh kale um tomatoes onions um carrots all that other stuff and that mm. was not big at all that was like maybe five spoonfuls maybe six it was really just frozen leftovers that i just had and then i just yeah. had dinner about and 45 minutes ago to an hour ago and dinner was big dinner was um some spinach, some cauliflower and cheese, uh, some a little bit of rice pilaf with peas and carrots, with uh, a piece of chicken breast, a uh, piece of flounder, um, a few pieces of like uh, free range chicken nuggets, nuggets kind of things, like little pieces of chicken, um, mm -hmm. along with uh, oh yeah, a, a piece of like an end piece, a tiny piece of like French bread pizza. Yeah. And a little piece of that. And I had all that just boom, this giant thing. Um, and that's it. And I'm pretty much done eating for the day. Hmm. So it's weird because it's like I'm having two big meals, like breakfast and dinner. And then my lunch is like nutrients. And then that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's all I'm eating. And, you know, it's crazy. I gained weight in COVID. Even the, I mean, granted, I haven't been eating the same or working out the same. So I'm not surprised. But I bumped yep. up to like 146, 145, which is really high for me oh. considering I don't usually weigh that range. But um, yep. but yeah, I, I've noticed that because I run outside now, like running mm -hmm. outside, I'm noticing very different muscle growth because I'm running on uneven terrain, doing hill sprints up the road. I'm doing all these different yeah. weird things. My body's adjusting very differently than just you know, very programmed movements that I've been doing for months and months and months, which is just pull-ups, barbell work, and that's it. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, like, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm slowly building a home gym because right now every gym that I – that's the closest gym to me is half an hour away, and I just don't like going half an hour away to the gym and then back because it's so convenient to work out at home. So for me, I'm investing into myself into a home gym and that's a very slow process with everything going on with COVID and supply lines being shut down. 
but mm-hmm. um yeah it's just it's very different and i've noticed it's very different working out outside like breathing that air feeling the wind feeling the elements feeling the ground mm. beneath you like the sun on your face it's very different than an air controlled gym yeah getting that natural air in yeah for sure it's just, just the elements in general yeah it's just it's just weird it works the body differently yeah it's harder for some reason it's all harder <laughs> so i'm excited yeah, i hear you i'm excited to see how that's going to feel in the winter when i go outside and work out in the cold and in, in the garage and i work out um you know when it's like 20 degrees outside that's going to be yeah a very interesting uh experience to have but um Mm -hmm. but yeah but i'm happy for you i'm happy for you that you've been i was gonna ask let's have a status update on your new routine how well how easy it's been and how you've been feeling and all that other stuff is it hard to keep it or you fighting it or is it pretty simple you know it's uh because i feel like well no it's not that i feel i i know i have control over what i do um it, it feels so much more doable, so much easier. I mean, not easy as in I'm just doing easy shit. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I still keep you in mind, and I still push myself farther than my limits. Um, But I just know, like, okay, this day I'm going to work on these things. Wednesday I'm going to work on something. Friday I'm going to work on something. But I'm always going to incorporate cardio at all times because – Cardio is the number one thing for me that I, that I, I'm, I'm just, I, I have shitty cardio. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, but I've been, I mean, I've been improving. Like, dude, first day I started running, it took me about 20 minutes to do a mile. And uh, just uh, yesterday, I got down to 11. It was like 11.30 something. So I I shaved off like almost nine minutes. That's insane in two um, weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I, you know what? I've been consistent though. And another thing that's a mind game is um, when and then I guess this goes for anybody doing any sort of cardio. Uh, when you feel like you have to stop or slow down, take it easy. It's is it one of two things? Are you running out of breath? Or is a certain part of your body being overworked and you're starting to feel pain? So for me, obviously, I'm doing a lot of running. Right. And when I first started, I, you know, after the second week, I thought back to my first week and I'm like, okay, could I not push myself because I, was, I wasn't breathing right? Was I lacking breath or were my legs giving out? So... I kind of started pushing myself because I'm like, okay, no, I'm definitely controlling my breathing, but I'm starting to feel it in my legs. Let me see if I could go an extra quarter mile though. Okay. I just made a quarter mile. Can I go a half mile? Uh, so that helped me started shaving down some time. And I realized like, no, I could actually push my limits. I just have to make sure I do pretty good post stretch after because my legs are going to be shot. Um, so that's what I started working out a lot. Like, like I said, with the, uh, the leg workouts, the squatting and stuff, just getting those legs going again, uh, doing those calf exercises at the edge of the treadmill, lifting them up, lowering myself. Uh, and yeah, uh, the one thing I'm trying to figure out how to work on are my elbows right now. Uh, my elbows are like shot. And it's the it's the joint itself. It's not the muscle. Um, and it's like no matter how much I do to try to stretch it out, uh, I just seem to have joint issues at my elbows at the moment. So like what? Like you can't fully extend. You can't have weight on them. Like what is it? No, you know what it is. Like I could, but I mean, after a while, uh, I really start to feel the pain. And I, I mean, it's literally the entire joint. You know, the inside, the outside. Um, so I'm like, all right, I mean, it can't be too much weight. It's like right now I'm only working with 15 pounds. Like I haven't even increased the weight yet and I'm starting to feel it. Granted, could it come with age? Maybe also because I haven't done these exercises, you know, exercises in a while. My body's doing a thing that it hasn't done in the last God knows how many years. 
it could be that. It could be my joints aren't used to those movements. Um, so maybe that's something I just have to get through. But other than that, as far as pain goes, uh, post-workout, there is none. And uh, another thing I keep in mind, too, with you is I, I think I told you I invested in a foam roller, the spiky one. You didn't tell me uh, that. No. You got a spiky one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, And I mean like months ago. Months ago. Oh, shit. And, you, um, you kept that. You kept that private. Yeah, so this was around the time when I first invested in the Ring Fit game for the Switch. Dude, I probably used that thing maybe once or twice, then it collected dust. Man, do I appreciate it now uh, doing the workouts at my parents' garage. I mean, and I'm doing it with ease. You know, I'm lifting my arms up, rolling all from my neck down to my ass, you know, extending my arms sideways, straight down. I'm doing... The one thing that kills me, no matter what, is the out, yeah. like you, the, the the back of the shoulder right there, like yep. almost near the armpit. Yep. Oh yep. my god! Th- th- like that one, I can never get just into, even mentally. You gotta go. But other slow. than that, you gotta yeah. go super slow, dude. I I appreciate that foam roller so much. That's awesome. So it feels good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's it's just uh, I mean overall the experience of working out it just feels good because I'm in control. Nice. You know I I don't have something or someone telling me what I have to do. Uh, I mean, the one thing that I do miss is having that person to t- you know constantly remind me if my form is good or if it's bad. Um. But I mean, mentally, like I, I, I am pushing myself though. Like even when I feel like I'm giving up, I, I assess the situation. I'm like, okay, again, is it because I'm running out of breath or is my body actually giving out? Because if, if I'm running out of breath, you know, okay, let's take a breather or whatever, get back into it because my muscles feel fine. Yeah. There's no excuse to not finish this workout. Um, but yeah, so I mean, my, my mental game is up. Physically, I like I said, although I gained, I feel good though. Like I even feel good talking about that. And I and I I am like one hundred percent sure it's from muscle. Um well, it has to be because muscle weighs more than fat. So Yeah. And actually, another thing I I hate to go back to the, the dieting thing, but uh no, good. I actually made a couple weeks ago homemade protein bars, like the same recipe you uh you and I made back at the hotel. Right, right, back in the uh, kitchen. Yep, oats, peanut butter, protein powder, honey. Uh, I I think that was it pretty much. I just I I omitted the chocolate because I think they you could add chocolate if you want or dip it in melted like dark chocolate or whatever. Right. Um, and I made like thirty bars. So that's another thing I've been eating here and there throughout the week. Chewy um, but good, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So. No, that's good, dude. Good for you, man. Sounds like you're on a, a an upward path here. Yeah, and like I said, you know, it, with the like the whole ring fit challenge thing, it it was weird because I, you know, well, no, it, it, there's just something about working out five days straight that just like destroyed me, even for a video game. Um, I definitely need those breaks in between. Uh, not to overdo it. And I think that's what inspires me to work out even more because I give my body that rest. And I know, okay, it's only three days out of the week, not five. And the days are spread apart. You know, I get the weekend off. Um, it's it's definitely a schedule that I can stick with. That's perfect. That, that's the hardest, yeah. the hard, the number one ingredient is consistency. And if you have a routine that you can be consistent with, that's perfect. Like yeah. that's all you need. Like that's what I'm finding yeah. right now. That, that's my struggle. I'm still working out four days a week, but it's so hard to figure out how I'm doing it. To figure out just what am I doing? How long am I doing it? Uh, what days are going to be what? Um, it's just I don't know. I I just it's not that I'm not. It's not that I'm out of shape. I know I'm not as I'm now. I know for a fact I'm not the same shape. I'm not in the same condition that I was before everything. 
So Mm -hmm. my goal is to get back to where I was beforehand. But I'll be honest, based on the limited resources and the current situation of things, I don't think I'm going to be in that shape until, I don't know, maybe December? Maybe? Maybe? Mm. I honestly think it will be, I don't know, yeah, December to January. I'm hoping... I'm hoping before spring, it's normal. But yeah. I historically put on weight as most people do in the winter because of just the. Now here's the thing. It's mainly the diet because you have Thanksgiving and then you have uh, Christmas and then you have New Year's Day. And for me, that's a, those are all heavy eating holidays. And there's so many leftovers, but they're not like clean leftovers. They're usually high fat, sugar, salt leftovers. Yep. So there's, I mean, there's a reason why almost the majority of people have winter as their bulk season. It's where they try to put on weight while lifting heavy, so they can yeah. gain as much mass as possible, so they can like grow their muscles, and then they cut in the spring where they try to cut the fat off so they can just look better in the summer. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why that's traditionally how that goes. So I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know, man. Like health is health is weird, man. It's weird. The only thing I know is that it's something that only gets more important, whether you want it to or not, as you get older, you know, Mm. um, you can ignore it as long as you want, but it doesn't matter. It's going to come into your life eventually where you're going to be in a situation with a doctor and whether you are there by choice or they're not by choice, the doctor's going to ask, what is your, what would you say is your current lifestyle activity? Are you active? Do you exercise? And you're going to have to be honest and just say like, nope, I do nothing. Or it's like, yeah, no, I exercise all the time. And it's going to be the doctor responding saying, well, just so you know, in your age group for people, we do recommend X amount of days of moderate exercise in order to help keep risks of heart disease and artery problems, cardiovascular problems, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and just props on you for taking control of it now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and actually, for you, did didn't you just recently start hockey? Yes. Like, is that still happening or no? They did they cancel that? No, no, I'm, it's still happening. That's actually why I wanted to do early tonight because I'm gonna be playing tonight at nine thirty. So. Oh, okay. So yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, it's only like an hour and ten minutes a week, so it's it is a workout, but it's just it's very different because. I don't it's the equivalent of like doing martial arts class it's mm. it's like you're doing an activity so it's exercise but is it really a workout it's just I don't know I, I don't I mean it's heavy expenditure if you were moving if you were moving your your stuff like your entire apartment you were moving to a new apartment or to a house or a townhouse or something and you had to pack up everything in boxes load up the truck or the cars unload the truck and cars move them inside find the location for things start to unpack things go back outside and do it over again until you finally move everything that's not really a, a workout i mean that's not really exercise i mean that's not yeah that's not really workout but it's exercise you're moving you're lifting you're squatting you're picking you're throwing you're you're pushing you're pulling you're doing a lot of physical exertion and you're exhausted by the end of it but I don't know. I, I like to differentiate the two because I think it's too easy to say I'm in shape just because, you know, I, I, I'm current, I'm, I'm constantly doing high activity things like high intensity things. Um, when without like a design or purpose or a mechanical foundation that you're basing things off of, you're just wait, you're just using energy. You're just yeah. calorie burning. It's not the same thing as, we're going to do a push pulse like sequence for the week where we're going to do upper lower splits and we're going to focus on you know x y and z like that's a formulaic mechanical procedure that you're implementing into a, a, a workout and exercise regime compared to i don't know i emptied the walk-in freezer the other day and i have to fill it up again tomorrow it's just like yeah you're moving but it's not the same idea do you know what i mean yeah so so yeah um that's crazy, man. 20 to 11 minute run. That's 
That's crazy. I started at like a 10 minute run and I think the fastest I have right now is eight minutes. And that's over like three months. So in three months, I've gotten like two minutes. And in two weeks, you got like nine. Well, I'm hoping to get down to where I left off, oh, I don't know, seven years ago when I was really into it. Um, like, I, th- I want to say my record for me was nine minutes, 55 seconds for a mile. So I'm trying to get down to that uh, and then just try to beat the record from there. So that's good, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's intense, man. That's and running sucks. I hate running. <laughs> I hate it too. Um, but as of now, there isn't too much cardio wise that I can think of that I can really do in the garage. Plus my parents just have the treadmill. They have a brand new treadmill. So I'm like taking advantage of it. Um, I mean, they do have a bike on, like a, this weird bike stand where you can actually like, uh, like do your own like spin class thing on a real bike. You know what I mean? Like it's propped up on like this special rack, so the wheel you can you can move the pedals, but it stays stationary. Yeah, it's yeah. like a stationary thing. Uh, so I guess I could try doing that too. But I just remember the bullshit I went through at the gym with you, with just what? trying to cycle for two minutes, <laughs> and that sucked. So I'll I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's uh it's taking it slow and steady. I think that's really the the key. The key is yeah. slow progression. It's it's the it's nice to be at the top of the mountain, but there's a lot of work to get up there. That's kind of I think the focus should be each section to get up there instead of just the top, the end part. Um, yeah. Speaking of the top, speaking of you know looking at the the end goal here, I sent you a small video, uh, a short video of Amanda Nunes and Felicia Spencer after their fight when Amanda beat the Mm. fuck out of her for 25 minutes and Amanda was talking to her and being very, very nice and very kind and very polite and even putting the belt on her saying, Hey, like here, hang, hang on to the belt, feel it. Like this is the belt, like put it on. Yeah. Now I wanted to get your opinion on the belt because I feel like there's a stigma with the championship belt. And it's and it's in, it's it's prevalent in almost all sports, whether it's hockey with the Stanley Cup, whether it's uh, you know um, basketball with the with the championship, whether it's football with the Super Bowl. There's a, uh, there's this idea that you don't really you shouldn't. I'm not saying I'm not saying this is my view, but this is the standard view inside each sport. You shouldn't touch hold possess a championship you did not win so in the sense of a belt it's like you shouldn't put the belt on because it's not your belt because you didn't win the belt because you're not a champion so who do you think you are hanging on to a belt and a part of me 100% gets it I, I'm a hockey player first and foremost, and I that culture is the idea of you do not touch the Stanley Cup until you win it because you need to earn that moment. That opportunity is not given to you just because you're, you have luck of happenstance and circumstance of being there. You have to earn that moment of time where you get to touch it and hold it and say it's yours. And I want to say for a long time, that's kind of been the stigma about belts in MMA like you have this thing where it's this is my belt you got to come take this belt you know Uh, like don't touch my belt that kind of shit and I have a bias because of of being a fan of other sports of understanding that notion of you don't touch the belt you don't interact with the belt you don't the belt is not yours to to be involved with until you earn it and you win it and it's it's disrespectful to do it otherwise um, I wanted to get your opinion on that moment with Felicia Spencer and Amanda Nunez and what the belt means in your eyes and your opinion and that type of situation. Well, first off, I thought it was, as far as their situation goes, uh, I thought it was really cool actually, you know, um, she was, it's almost like, well, no, it, it is 
Like, she definitely showed respect, has that respect um, for Felicia. And she, she... I don't know if it was just out of, like, her feeling bad or feeling guilty or something. It's like, hey, you know what? Like, why don't you feel what it would be like to hold this? Like, And I don't even think of it as a... Uh, like a slap in the face kind of way, like, you know, and, and it show too, you know, they were just being friendly, and I actually really admired that, because you don't see that, you don't see that often, you see a lot of fighters where the winner holds up the loser's hand, like, no, like, you know what, guys, give, you know, give it up for the guy who stood up to me, he lost, but that was one hell of a fight, you know, like, yeah. we see a lot of that, Um, but I'll answer your question the other part to this is, is it's so weird you asked me this. I literally watched a clip of Mike Tyson. Ooh. Um, uh, somebody, I don't know if it was a documentary. I don't know if he was a news reporter or whatever. It was another uh, black gentleman, though, and he was interviewing Mike. And they walk over, in which I assume was Mike's home, to this table and it had two or three championship belts and a pair of boxing gloves on the table. And the gentleman tells Mike, he's like, wow, Mike, like, look at this. Like, this is incredible what I'm seeing right now. Like, this is history, right? Just right here displayed. Right. And Mike said, nah, man, it's bullshit. And the gentleman's like, what are you talking about, Mike? Like, think about your career and like, look what you've earned. Like, you deserve this. And he's like, nah, man, it's just bullshit. He's like, it's just whatever, you know. That was my past. Like, what? What is this? Like, it's it, literally that was his response. It's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's just, it's just an item. It's not some mystical artifact, right? Where if God forbid somebody puts their fucking pinky on it, all of a sudden I'm gonna have bad juju defending that object, right? Right. You know. Right. And. Uh, it really got me thinking, like, holy shit, like, yeah, I mean, it is bullshit, you know? I mean, that's the equivalent of getting a sticker put on you. It's just an object. Like, hey, here's a star. You know, it's uh, it's a piece of leather with a hunk of metal on it. It's not worth anything. It's worth... Sure, it's an... Yeah. O- all it is is it's an object that shows your triumphs. Yes. But the triumphs alone which are nowadays filmed and you can watch them on YouTube like that right there shows the triumphs. You don't need an object for that. So I think for Amanda Nunes in that situation, it's whatever. And I think that's how she felt, you know, let's, let's go back to the, what I call the bullshit belt. Uh, the, uh, it's not the champion. It's the, uh, BMF. no, not BMF. What's the one where it's like, you're on your way to become a champion, oh, champion the belt. champions? Yes. Where uh, Gagey <laughs> took the belt and just threw it on the ground. He's like, nah, man, that's just bullshit. Uh. I want the real one. See, now in that case, I get it, but I don't get it. Because you know what? Those belts are made out of the same goddamn materials. They're just, they have different engravings on oh, them. Oh, boy. We're going right? to go down a deep path here. Yeah, because you're talking about the material... <laughs> worth of what does something the, mean to me. Right. Like, the only difference is, is the engraving on it. Well, and yeah. you know what? To be the the idea that the UFC even created those belts and that the idea like, oh, well, I'm a bullshit champion fighting for the real championship, just like the fucking BMF belt. That guy's not a real champion though. He's a title holder for something that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Sure, it made a hell of a lot of money. Yes, it did. I'm not at business sense. Great on Dana's part, honestly. But to make this a reoccurring thing, I think it's going to get old. And title means nothing. That belt means nothing. Uh-oh. And I would actually be ashamed. I would be a fucking shamed for the rest of my life to be like, oh, I'm the BMF champion. What the hell does that mean? Okay, wait, wait, wait. So before we go down the path of how we assign worth and 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 material interest on things i want to ask you this question then because i heard this i think it was on the luke thomas thing um i heard this and it was a very good question what 
would hold more significance to you? Habib Nurmagomedov facing off against George St. Pierre for no belt or George St. Pierre versus Khabib Nurmagomedov for a belt? I'd say no belt. No belt. Now, no belt. you think a no belt would hold more worth than a championship fight between the two of them for a belt? Are these two true martial artists? Do they have oh, the mental aspect if where... ever an example, these two are the pinnacle Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? And I'm starting to think this way with GSP now. Because GSP has this tendency where every four years, like let's say two to four years, he feels like he can retire, but then throw ideas out there like, hey, you know, if uh, the UFC decides to pay me, you know, I'll I'll fight. And it's like, no, dude, you, you, like you, we know your patterns now. It's, it's <laughs> becoming a habit. I'm seeing the patterns. Oh, you just you, like you don't you can't just come back. With your body all rested for so many years, <laughs> fucking, 100%. I want to fight the champion, like, champion. Like, no, you can't fight Khabib. Like, you just can't do, you can't, first off, dictate what fights you want, and then say if they pay you the right amount, you're going to fight. And then what's going to happen if you win? He, oh, I'm going to retire, blah, blah, blah. And of course you are. And then you're going to come back in another four years. Oh, I want to fight uh, John Jones. And no, you can't do that. <laughs> So no, it's bullshit. If if GSP wanted to fight Habib, he would do that. You know what? I'd rather see them do a charity fight, where one of them walks away with some grand prize money, but it goes towards a charity of their choice. I would rather see that and know that deep down inside, these guys just at heart love what they do, and it's a passion of theirs. They don't even need the money. Neither one of them needs the money. No, they both don't need money. And knowing that they're, it's going to go towards a place or a group of people, like a community that does, and they're doing it just for the passion of it. That's what I, I want to watch. I mean, we all, the source of this is their passion. It's Habib saying GSP is the greatest of all time, and he's the best martial artist he's ever seen, and he wants to prove him his martial artist his ability as a martial artist against him. And George feels similar to Habib. So so here's the thing. Like, the talk is... The talk is... The biggest problem with making that fight is not that GSP and Habib won't, don't, will not do it. It's how do you set it up? Because George St. Pierre is a middleweight. Habib is right. not a middleweight. I mean, he probably walks around and can get close to it. But... It's the bigger, that's the big problem of this fight is, well, how do we set it up? Is there a catch weight involved? George has never gone down. Is that fair to George? Like, hmm. Habib would have to go up. Is that fair to Habib? Like, George... Right, because either one of them is going to have a difference when it comes to their performance, for sure. Exactly, and, and George is saying, I, I can make 155. And I'm pretty sure Dana's saying, like, I do not want to see you fight 155. I do not want to yeah. see that. Not to mention the risk of like a early 30s, mid 30s George St. Pierre trying to get to 155 for the first time in his career. Yeah. Like, I can understand why this is a hard fight to make because of all these, all those small details. They quickly become very large details. Are we fighting for a belt? Because Khabib is a champion. Are we fighting? Are, is George is saying, I'm willing to drop to 155 if that's, if that's what it takes. And Dana's probably saying, no. Because then if you fight Khabib at 155, it has to be for the belt because he's a champion. I just think at this point, it's it's a complete unfair... You know, I can't even make assumptions with Khabib because the guy will probably just remain undefeated regardless. But I will say, <laughs> yeah. I think it's very unfair to put that fight together. And it has nothing to do with the respect for one another's capabilities. I think it's because George you know, takes, you know, multiple years off and then just wants to get back in a fight. Whereas these guys have to fight, depending on who the fighter is in their contract, once to several times a year. Yeah. And they're constantly pushing their bodies through these camps, you know, through sparring. Like, and there's George in the goddamn swimming pool <laughs> working out because it's easier on the joints. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like the guys had it pretty easy and pretty relaxing 
I mean, his body has had so much time to recover. He'll probably be fucking amazing when he goes back to camp. Oh, yeah. And I just think the advantage, the advantage, even if he, let's say he did go to 155. I, you know, I mean, look how shredded he looked at middleweight. <laughs> so him losing weight, I, yeah, he'll probably look unhealthy. I mean, yeah. it's like, look at TJ Dillashaw. Yep, yep, good point, good point. You know, I feel like that would be like a, a GSP would be like the taller version of that. Just like insane, like just 0% per- body fat. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I don't think it's smart. I think if GSP even had a chance, he would totally have an advantage health-wise because of that. You see, that's funny because I don't hear that very often. I don't see that very often. I don't hear that very often. I listen to multiple MMA podcasts. I follow a lot. I have an entire MMA Twitter handle um, that I used to follow people. Nobody talks about how GSP is 100% healthy across the board as an advantage they talk about if anything the disadvantage that he's older he has ring rust he's only been training he's been training mma but he's not training like a like a training camp kind of training so it's not the same so a lot of people are putting gsp at a disadvantage so for you to come out and say that he's at an advantage because he's actually 100 healthy in every facet of his life that's a very good point because I don't hear anybody saying that. I don't hear people saying, you know, he hasn't had to worry about contracts or, or beefing with other fighters. He hasn't had to deal with travel because he hasn't had to travel for, to do UFC promotions. He's been able to do his own thing with his family and friends. He has his own new like fitness program that he put out. He's been testing new diets. He's been training martial arts the way he wants to finally instead of having to adhere to a, tra- a training schedule for camp. Yeah. His life is gravy. He's got a good yeah. life right now. <laughs> and I actually almost brought that up, too. It's like with his whole, what was it, the colitis thing? Yes. Yeah. The, the stomach colitis. issues or whatever he was having? It's like, yeah, just completely gone. Or at least it's diminished. It's under control over now time with, his, to, with his fasting, yeah. It's like if the guy was having that issue while he was active in the sport, imagine him now. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's... It's a completely different animal we're dealing with. He tapped Michael Bisping with colitis. Yeah. <laughs> and Rusty. Yes. In what, four years, four years Rusty? Off, up a weight class with colitis. Yeah. He tapped him out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to say there's probably only like an inch difference or so between him and Khabib as far as height goes. I mean. It might be more than that. I think it's more than that. Yeah. I think it might be a little bit more than an inch. Yeah. I think it might be two. Two inches. Yeah, man. I just think... Habib has some work to do. Like, he'll 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 be... Uh, he has a challenge. Let's put it that way. Against George? I'm not yeah. going to say yeah. GSP will win, but I believe health-wise GSP has the advantage. And it's it's something that we've never seen before and i think it's going to be something he's never experienced himself before yeah so and that's intriguing that's very intriguing i want to you mentioned something about mike tyson that i want to mention when he was like it's all bullshit man i don't know if you heard uh the mike tyson joe rogan podcast episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that was a fantastic episode if you didn't hear about how mike used to be an animal and mentally he would be almost hypnotized into being a savage in the ring. And on the episode, if you didn't hear it, he actually tells Rogan, he tells Joe, he says, I hated who I became as a fighter because I had to go to such a horrible place in my mind mentally in order to be that animal in the ring. Yeah. And I felt like I wouldn't receive love or affection or anything unless I was a savage in that ring. And that's there's a reason why he has his own fucking weed company. He's a huge weed guy now, um, yeah. because he, he because he said he used that to find peace, and now he has peace and he understands what it's like to to feel um, calm and even. Um, I think I think when he when Mike Tyson says that belt's bullshit, I think that's a very enlightened stance on a guy who's on a very short list of, of fighters who 
you have good fighters, you have great fighters, you have um you have his you have historical fighters. Yeah. You know? Like Sugar Ray Leonard, like Floyd Mayweather. You have Mike Tyson. You have um the, the like Ronda Rousey. Fighters who essentially they're set in stone culturally as fighters, not just within the fight game. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. Manny Pacquiao, he's another one. And I think when Mike Tyson says that belt's bullshit, that's not from a fighter standpoint. I think that's from a fighter who's made cultural history. That's a, that's the standpoint that he comes from. He comes from the standpoint as a culture figure, a figure in society, in our history of saying, that belt's bullshit because what it represents to me and what it means to me now I realize that it doesn't really mean much. It's defining for what it was, but it can't define me as a person anymore. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we see this in MMA all the time. I want to be a champion. I'm going to be a champion. I'm going to train my ass off, and I'm going to be the champ. I'm the champ status over here. I'm going for the belt. Like that's that's the standard kind of talk you hear in MMA, especially in the big organizations. And it's almost like their entire identity is becoming a champion, and then being a champion. Everything about it, mm-hmm. everything about it is about champion status. It's nothing else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's why Stipe is Stipe Miocic, who, by the way, is fighting Daniel Cormier for the trilogy retirement fight this Saturday. Yep. Stipe is such an intriguing figure because he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm a champion. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm a champion. But I'm a firefighter first. I'm actually a firefighter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a firefighter. And people are just and and the interviews are great with them because they go, but you're the UFC heavyweight champion of the world. You're one of the best heavyweight champions of all time in the history of the UFC. He goes, yeah, you know. But then I go to the firehouse and those guys don't give a shit, and I get shat on by all of them for whatever reason, just because of my haircut that day. So that doesn't really matter to them. <laughs> like they think it's cool. They go, hey, I saw you on TV. That's good for you, big boy. And then that's it. And then I'm just another firefighter <laughs> with them. And that's why I. I mean, I like my job. So yeah. that's why he's so unique in the landscape of MMA because he doesn't revel as being a champion, as being his status. You know who was the perfect... The two people who who are the perfect stereotypes of this? Unwillingly, I want to say, or she was forced into it, Ronda Rousey, whose entire identity was being a dominant champion. Entire identity was being the apex champion. Like... Remember how weird it was to see her without the championship trunks on? Yeah. Without those colors? She was white and blue, I think. And it was just, this is weird. I think I think we said it to each other at the at the wing bar. We turned to each other. We said, yo, it's so weird to see her not in the champ black and gold. Because that became her identity. Her image of who she is or who she was yeah. was a UFC champion. The other person is Conor McGregor. Came into the game... It was first about money, like 50 G's, Dana, come on, baby. Like, like he was about money. <laughs> yeah. But then it quickly turned, his sights quickly turned to Aldo and turned to, I'm the champ. I'm going to be the champion. You know, like that man is no longer a champion in my eyes. He doesn't carry himself like a champion. He doesn't fight like a champion. I'm going to be the champion because I sensed his weakness and I will dominate. And he did. It took it like it took over a year of shit talking, but he did. 13 second knockout. Yeah. He got it, you know? And then what was it? Now we're going to be double champ. Champ champ status. Because that's his new identity. And then he became champ champ. And he goes, the double champ does what the fuck he wants. Like, that became his new identity. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, that, that's, that's such an infamous line. I'd like to take this moment to apologize. And then you hear Joe Rogan go, hey, hey we got your second belt. And he goes, to absolutely nobody. <laughs> the double champ does what the fuck he wants. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful quote, but it's just that be- that's his identity. That that's that's his, that's the imagery of himself, you know. Yeah. And then what was it? I set my eyes on Floyd Mayweather, not somebody else who he who probably would been an actual smarter business move to get a win and then climb the ranks in boxing to fight Mayweather. He went after the champ, one of the longest reigning champions of all time, one of the most successful champions in the history of fighting in in the history of America, the history of the world, you know, and he went after that. Why? Because he wanted that imagery. 
And that was his whole mm-hmm. persona. His whole persona was, I'm the rich double champ. You know? I mean, I mean, what do you think? I, I, I've ranted for a bit here, and I always do that. But, like, what do you think of everything I just said? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's true. Like, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah, there, there are people that were known to just be either wild animals, shit talkers, legends, uh, and then people who, yeah, just were just made to be put on pedestals uh, and be glorified. Um, and it's like, and what, what's interesting too, it's like no matter what, they all get the same amount of fame. You know what I mean? Like, I think Chael Sonnen is the number one shit talker, the OG shit talker, and he doesn't even have the best MMA record. It's like two to one, <laughs> the ratio. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, no, no, he doesn't. But he, yeah, he's... He, but it's amazing. Like, if you ever read, like, YouTube comments or whatever, it's a, it's actually amazing how many fans he has. Oh, dude, you're the best fighter. Like, you were the greatest, blah, blah. And... It's like, well, was he or was he just really good at press conferences and really entertaining? And that's what gets him famous. Not to mention, he's an intelligent, he's a brilliant dude. Yes. Um, he's a very and still smart is. Guy. I mean, that guy clearly has like no signs of CTE whatsoever. No. He- I think he's good. No matter how many times he's lost, like, it's amazing how smart the guy is. Um, but that's what I mean. Like, it's just people will go down in history just for something that they were good at in in that sport like no matter what it is whether it was their the way they played the game mentally the way they played the game physically uh the achievements they've accomplished you know it's uh it's just really interesting to think yeah i mean undefeated yeah. you know and then it's like habib again undefeated right if he decides to retire tomorrow he'll be remembered for that but again, it's like at the same level of fame of someone like Chael Sonnen. You remember that name. Yes. You know, there's a reason for it. Yes. I mean, it's, it's Chael, I think, is one of the very few guys, one of the very few fighters um, who is able to be an identity and to be a cultural like moment. You know, like Ch- Chael, when, I, when you say Chael Sonnen, he resonates deep. You know, it's not just, it's not like Lyoto Machida where you had the Machida era of like three fights where you had this crazy knockout and then you had this really unique style, but then he lost. But Lyoto wasn't a character. Chael is, as a person, he's entertaining. As who he is, is sellable. So it's, it's unique that he's like that. You know, it's, it's kind of like how you see Rory McDonald is the opposite. Rory McDonald started being himself more and everybody just started saying he's a psychopath because <laughs> he's super quiet. He's super reserved. He's very calm. Yeah. And the way he talks is just very straightforward. And he has a very blank stare at times when he's answering questions. Yeah. And he sounds like a serial killer at times, which is where he got this, this persona within the community as, you know, Rory is a psychopath, you know, <laughs> And in an apex in the Robbie Lawler rematch, where they were just both bloody, like their faces were just blood, yeah. and then Rory's just staring at him, just nothing but blood on his face, just staring at him. Just it kind of like completed the imagery that people had of him. Is Rory like that in real life? I don't know. I'm I never talked to the guy, but but that's a very different um, sell point compared to somebody like Chael Sonnen, who mm. was never a champion who had a few runs here and there with within Bellator and within the UFC but he he got where he got because he just decided to be truthful to who he is you know yeah um yeah I, or like guys like Uriah your uh, Faber yeah there you go same thing you know guy who's never been in a championship fight either and nor did he really uh, at least not in the care. not in the UFC i think he was uh, he was definitely a strike force guy or WEC was it WEC we get an old son oh in a previous organization yeah, yeah 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 i think it was i think i want to say it was WEC i want to say it was WEC mm-hmm. yeah sorry continue continue 
No, I was just saying, like, guys like him, it's like, no matter what, he's the favorite. Whether he wins, whether he loses, there's just something. And he'll go down in history for something. He's the California you kid. Know? The California, exactly. You know, and they just, there's even if it maybe you know what, even personality. That's what these guys are famous for, right? Yes. I mean, one person who I started admiring and recently discovered, um, and it's so underrated, and he's undefeated. And you just don't see a, too many fights with him. And I think a lot of it has to do with opponents backing down the fights. Who? Is Ryan Hall. Oh, I love Ryan Hall. <laughs> that dude, that sleepy dude? is... Yeah. He, yeah, Sleepy. <laughs> I think he has uh, some sort of tur- like a Tourette, though. Uh, uh, it's like a facial Tourette with his eyebrows or his eyes. Um, but... Yeah, he is a wizard at this one move. He is just a one-trick pony, and he's been successful with it. It's like Ronda Rousey with the armbar. Like, no matter what, you're going to get the armbar. Like, this dude does this thing where he, like, it looks like he's fainting, but then just coils up on your leg like a snake and does this, like, weird leg lock, like, twist thing. He, like, cranks it a certain way, and he's I think he's won every fight with this one move. And he, he, it's like these guys plan for it. They know what he's going to do, and nobody can stop him. He's a wizard. And, he's a wizard. He's a jujitsu wizard. Yes, he he's is. He's a jujitsu wizard. And uh, I'm pretty sure rumor has it fighters are actually turning down fights against him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he shreds people. He's. But again, it's like you don't hear about this guy, no, Ryan Hall, no, even though don't. he's so amazing at he's what he so, does. He's very good. He's very good because he... He does such a good job of attacking in transitions where most people yeah. just try to get through the transition to set up another attack. He will attack yep. you like mid transition and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, why is he attacking me? Why is he subbing yeah. me in transition instead of going for the full mount to attack me? He's somehow like subbing me from transition from a transition yeah. uh, uh, position. So it's just, yeah, no, he's great. Uh, he's getting way more eyeballs now, but Calvin Cater was the same way. Calvin Cater was this guy from Massachusetts who was just a really, really good boxer. But the more yeah. he get, kept getting fights, the more people were kept seeing, oh shit, this dude's disgusting on the feet. This dude's a monster on the feet. I remember I remember seeing one of his earlier fights and thinking just like, uh, he obviously is based out of boxing. But holy shit, does he look crisp? His yeah. head movement, his footwork, the fluidity and and the snaps in his punches—just holy shit, it looks good. Um, yeah, looks looks. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's just funny how whether it's the company or I guess us as spectators, you know, it's like we pick and choose. There's just something. It's like you know, you get amazing fighters like him, but for whatever reason. He's just not as big, you know, and maybe it's he's, you know, maybe he's lacking in the personality department, which, you know, he he's just a mediocre guy personality wise. Not a bad thing. No, but my God, like I just every time I watch his fights, it's just it's mind blowing what he's capable of. And it's just a shame, like, you know, because it's not just him. It's a lot of guys and, and girls that have all this talent. And I wish, uh, you know, I wish everybody kind of got an equal chance in the spotlight, I guess. It's hard, but that's why Connor made waves. That's why Connor changed the game because he came out knowing that he had to play that game. It's why Colby's yeah. making waves because Colby openly says he's playing that game. He has a persona yep. of being a heel, even though he's not like that in real life. He commits to yeah. it because he knows it's what gets eyeballs on him. So it's, yeah. So, I mean, I guess to circle and conclude the whole conversation of what this started with, the idea behind... The idea behind the belt, uh, for the record, I never gave my opinion. I think it's great that Amanda gave her the belt like that and just said, hey, you need to hold this so you know what it feels like. Because one day you can have this. You know, like, like you're already here fighting for it. So you're, you're so close. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that I like a lot more than the idea that of just, no, that's my belt. You can't, like people were commenting on that part of that video and they were saying, 
Amanda could have been saying, you feel it? Yeah, that's this is the only time you're ever, you're ever going to touch this belt is because I'm <laughs> letting you. That's the only time. Like, it could have been a really, you know, asshole move. Could have gone ugly. Yeah. <laughs> asshole move. But <laughs> thankfully, Amanda's a sweetheart when she wants to be. I, I think it's... I think it's I think it's it's nice to have this tradition of a champion and having a belt and 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 it's my belt and it's my championship and it's my reign as champion as everybody used to say with uh Ronda Rousey. I I think I think there will forever be a mystique about championship belts because they need to because it, from a from a pure marketing standpoint it has to be that you know i i think it's the sign of victory it's it's the sign of i think what mike tyson says it's just it, it's bullshit i think it's because he means that the belt of what it signifies to him as mike tyson one of the most ferocious if not the most ferocious boxer of all time it represents that like a, a championship belt for Mike Tyson is not the same thing as a championship belt for Max Holloway. Like in the history books, they just don't mean the same thing. Not taking anything away from yeah. Max Holloway, but just the weight of that title weighs differently for somebody like Mike Tyson. I think that, first of all, speaking about like nobody talking about it, nobody's talking about the legacy of Amanda Nunes. They're just saying, yeah, she's great. She's dominant. Holy shit, she's good, huh? That's the most they're saying. Nobody's saying anything like... She should be getting spoken of the same way they spoke about Rousey. That's very true. She, yeah, she, I'd even think of that. She's a slayer. She knocked out Cyborg in the first, what, like minute and a half, two minutes? One of the most feared women in the sport. Of all time. Yeah. Up a weight class. Just why is nobody saying these things about Amanda Nunes? Ragdolled her, yeah. Just seriously, just she's a savage. <laughs> she's a complete savage, and nobody, everybody just says, "Yeah, no, she's a great champion. She's dominant. You know, she's she's got such a good streak." It's like, what the fuck? What? I want you to take everything that you wrote about Ronda Rousey and just copy paste that shit, and just instead of Ronda Rousey, just say Amanda Nunes. You know, because yeah. that's what it is. It's terrifying watching her f- fight. Is terrifying, you can because you can see when she lands something, and you can tell when she goes, "Ooh, that hurts you," and she starts walking forward, and the person's walking back. The other girl's like, "Oh shit, oh shit," and the man is just walk, walking forward. She's like, "Okay, wop wop wop," and it's just just hunting girls down, just walking them into the cage, and the girls try to circle out, and then she just like fucking just unleashes on them. It's savage. Yeah, it's so savage, yeah. and I just. Anyways, I, I think I think the legacy and the weight of the belts mean only what you can make of them. Being the champ champ for Conor McGregor, it means more to the community than being the champ being than, you know, who's an example? Than Alexander Volkanovsky having the belt. And again, not taking anything mm. away from Volk. Fantastic fighter, great champion. I'm just saying what you do with that belt to make it mean what it needs to mean is what defines it. And Mike Tyson did not realize what he was doing with it when he had the belt, when he was an absolute monster who was literally ripping people's ears off in the ring. Yeah. You know, and that's what that belt defines. That belt defines Mike Tyson, the savage Mike Tyson, the destroyer Mike Tyson, the ferocious, like wants to eat your children. Praise to Allah guy who, 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 who scared people all the time that's def- that that's what that belt defines the belt doesn't define equal balanced loving caring high as fuck mike tyson it, it it defines a different mike tyson i think what you the belt for conor mcgregor defines the champ champ it defines 13 second knockout champ it defines going up a weight class champ it defines a very specific thing you know, Ronda Rousey defined a, a, a dominant reign, the only dominant reign we saw until Amanda Nunes when it came to a women's mixed martial arts. And I think it's why Stipe is, it's, it's quiet about Stipe because for Stipe, he defines it as that's a nice accessory to have on my wall, but you know, I got to go to the firehouse because it's my shift tonight. Like that's how it's defined yeah. for him. So that's how we perceive it. I think when it's defined a certain way, 
then it becomes that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Okay. Closing thoughts on your end. Go ahead. If you have anything you want to say or add. Uh, I think overall, you and I just need to continue towards our goals. Um, yes. Stay positive mentally. Yes. Uh, because that affects us physically. 100%. Um, you know, I know you said you went to the doctor recently. You know what? Just uh, do what you got to do. Change up your diet if you have to. Whatever was suggested by your doctor. But I mean... I, I, I don't think, uh, I think you'll make your goal. I, I know you're hoping by December, the end of the year, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like I said, man, a lot of it from my learning experience is just pushing yourself, figure out ways to work with what you have. It's all mental. And it took me a long time, but that's pretty much what I learned. It's all mental and you just push through it. You work towards it. You work harder, work stronger. So... Oh, and also, I did watch It Man 4, which we will talk about <gasps> next time. Yes, next episode will be the <laughs> It Man 4 spoiler cast, because that movie, had. there's a lot to say about that movie, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. So, okay, cool. All right, awesome, man. man. Good, uh, good talking to you. Yeah, same. And I will talk to you soon. All right. All right, peace. Peace. Peace.